Today's reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 35. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He had been revealed it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Let's pray together, asking the Lord to speak to us through his word. Let's pray. Father, we pray this morning as uh, as we come to your word, that you would help us to understand it rightly, And please, would you speak to us through your word, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, when I was um, in the process of becoming a a teenager as uh, a Christian, uh, we went to Christchurch Beckenham and went to the evening service. And it was uh, a long time ago now, really. So it was, uh, it was one of those traditional evening services where you'd have the New Testament reading and then you'd chant something. And then after the, um, after the, the, eve, the, um, the second, the New Testament reading, we would chant the Nunc Dimittis. And the Nunc Dimittis is actually what we've got here in verse 29 through to verse 32 and it means Nunc Dimittis is Latin um, and it means now depart and what we have here is uh, we have this guy Simeon who uh, is there he's in the temple he meets this young couple who've just recently had a baby and he's been told by God that he's not going to die until he's seen the Messiah and so uh, he sees them come in with the baby and he picks up the baby. No, no safeguarding things in those days like we have now. And, uh, um, and then he says, well, I'm ready to die now. I can die in peace. Nunc dimittis. Now depart. 
Well, more of that in a couple of minutes. But first, I want to go back a couple of steps, back to the first little paragraph of our reading from verses 22 to 24. Now, if you were a good Jewish family and you had a a boy, a firstborn boy, there are three ceremonies you'd have to follow. The first one is you get him circumcised, eight days old. Mary and Joseph did that. Then for a firstborn, there's a five shekel offering that you have to make. uh, And you do that any time after the first month. And in doing so, you're also presenting him to the Lord. If you can't pay that, then you present him to the Lord to make him at the, at the Lord's disposal, if you like. So that is what's there in verse 23. Um, and then, after 40 days, the mother, who's been ritually unclean because of the birth, would be purified, and the couple would come to the temple to offer sacrifice to God. And the sacrifice would be a lamb, and then either a turtle dove or a pigeon, depending on what was available uh, to buy at the temple. Now, that was all very well, unless you were very poor and you couldn't afford the lamb, in which case, in place of the lamb, you'd have two turtle doves or pigeons. Mary and Joseph turn up at the temple. They buy two turtle doves or pigeons, according to what the law says. And uh, so it says there in verse 24, to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. In other words... Mary and Joseph are poor. And this is saying here that that what we have are a very poor couple. It's a public announcement that they couldn't afford the lamb. Christianity began on earth in the home of a very poor couple. Poor and needy. These days they'd be uh, uh, visiting food banks and thanking God for people like Marcus Rashford, wouldn't they? God coming to this earth became poor. He became poor. He emptied himself and became a poor girl's son. The theologian Jim Packer wrote this once. For the son of God to empty himself and become poor meant a laying aside of glory, a voluntary restraint of power, an acceptance of hardship, isolation, ill treatment, malice, misunderstanding, and finally... A death that involved such agony, spiritual even more than physical, that his mind nearly broke under the prospect of it. It meant love to the uttermost for unlovely people. And we praise him this Christmas time for his humanity, his emptying, his identification with us, with human beings, with poor humanity. And And then they meet Simeon. Now, we haven't met Simeon in the Bible at this point. We don't see him again. He just appears. He's an old guy. He's there in the temple. Um, We see in verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. That means he's behaving well towards others and he's behaving well towards God. Seems to me, actually, that's, that's quite a good principle of life, isn't it? That we want to behave well towards others and behave well towards God. Quite a good New Year's resolution, really, wouldn't it, if we're into doing those things and something to be praying for for 2021. We also find out that he's been waiting. You see it at the end of verse 25 there. He's been waiting for Israel to be relieved from Roman occupation. And God is at work in his life. It says that the Holy Spirit is on him. He's been told he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah. And then Mary and Joseph turn up and the baby is there. 
And he recognizes somehow that this is the Messiah. And as he picks him up in his arms, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Not Demetrius. Now depart. Now depart. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. I've met my Savior. It's a glorious thought, really, isn't it, when we think of it in those terms. But why is this here? Why, is it, why are we told this? Well, the answer is, we need to know about our salvation. Christian people need to know about our salvation. We need to be reminded of our salvation. Everyone needs to know about salvation. So whoever you are in the building or watching this online today, or at some point later on in the week, or in months' time, whatever, we have an opportunity now to find out more about this salvation. And there are, there are five things I want to say. Don't worry, they're not very long. Uh, the first one is just simply this. Salvation prepared. Salvation prepared. Now, this Christmas has been a Christmas like no other, hasn't it? And uh, I, I guess for many of us, you'd be like Anna and, Anna and me, that you know, we haven't been able to see our children over Christmas. We've had family Zoom quizzes and the family Zoom kind of getting together on Christmas Day and things like that. Not quite the same as actually being together, but we've still prepared. And I'm sure every family has their own kind of the way you do decorations. So, you know, I've got the boxes out of the loft and you take out the decorations. And um, it's safe them to think too much, isn't it, when you can just put them where they went last year and the year before and the year before that. And we went and bought a Christmas tree and it's all there. And some thoughtful um, past vicar, uh, I imagine, planted holly trees in our garden. So I always go out and then pick some holly and put it above the pictures and so on. So we decorated the house. We made preparations for Christmas, although it was going to be a little bit different. Of course we did. I'm sure we all did the same. This salvation that Simeon speaks of here is a salvation prepared, but even before that, it was a salvation promised. So, um, um, so we have here, no, it's around the way, it's, it's uh, prepared and then promised. So you look in verse, for instance, 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Verse 31, which you have a salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Prepared in a past eternity, before history began. And this is not some kind of rapid response because there's been a problem, the kind of thing. It's, it's not God dialing 999 or anything like that. No, God's in control, so much in control that the coming of the Savior Jesus was announced hundreds of years, 700 years before we came, for instance, through the prophets Micah and Isaiah, which we may well have heard as Christmas readings this Christmas time. And Simeon praises God for the Savior and the salvation, which he's holding in his arms. A little newborn baby. Salvation prepared before, before time began. And he recognizes this and he sees this. And he says, I'm ready to die now. I've met my saviour. A salvation that is prepared and a salvation that is promised on the basis of that. And then the second thing is a salvation that's seen. A salvation that's seen. Look at verse 30 there. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He set eyes on Jesus and he just knew the Holy Spirit had been orchestrating this that this little baby was God's anointed Messiah the Savior 
Some complain, don't they, that they, um, uh, they can't believe. And, was, and uh, you know, people have said to me, well, you know, of course, if, uh, uh, if I met God, if I saw God, of course, I, then of course I would believe. And, and sometimes I've said to people, well, you were just born a bit late, weren't you? Because he was here. And there were people who met him, who talked with him, who had dinner with him, who spent time with him, who followed him. He was here. Salvation was seen. And here we have a guy, old guy called Simeon, who holds this little baby in his arms and says, and he says in verse 30, my eyes have seen your salvation now. I've met my Savior. And now I can die in peace. And you see, Christianity is not just some kind of ideology. It's not just a set of ideas. It's not a philosophy that someone came up with. No, we're actually talking here about a person. A little baby. But the little baby who grew up, he became a man. He was the world's greatest teacher of that, there is no doubt. At age about 33, he went to a cross and died for you and me to be our saviour. God became a human being. He became a human baby. He was here in the flesh. You know the carol service reading that ends in John chapter 1 and verse 14. The word became flesh dwelt among us and we have seen his glory we saw him Simeon saw him Mary and Joseph saw him hundreds, thousands saw him spoke to him, heard him had dinner with him and so on and we have the most wonderfully reliable records of this available to us today Uh, we've purchased as a church number of copies of Luke's Gospel if you're here today and you want to just take one with you. They're all sanitized and everything. So do just pick one up as you leave. Why not? We've got, it seems to me we've got a funny old week coming up, haven't we? Well, why not say sometime during this week, I want to read through Luke's Gospel. And I want to read especially those, uh, those birth, that birth narrative at the beginning. So the Christmas story. Let's marvel and wonder at this Jesus who came in person. Of that there is no doubt. Historically, there is no doubt there was someone born called Jesus, who walked this earth, who was here with us. We saw salvation. And then third, it's a salvation that's offered to all. A salvation that's offered to all. Jesus came for all. You can divide the world up, uh, as, we, as we see here actually, between uh, those who are Jewish folks and those who are not Jewish folks. And that accounts for everyone. You know, everyone in the building here, we're either Jewish folks or we're not Jewish folks. Everyone in the world can be categorized in, the, in one of those ways. And um, in verse 32, he says, A light for revelation to the Gentiles, that's, not the Jewish folks, and the glory of your people Israel, who are the Jewish folks. So this is not just something for the Old Testament people of God, the Jewish people. No, this is saying everyone needs to know. All the nations need to go. This church was named after a guy who wanted Africa to know. And so he went not just to take the gospel to Africa, but to open up the road into Uganda from the coast so that others could go and tell the people of Uganda the good news about Jesus. And we've got mission partners looking at the board there, Bolivia, Brazil, Spain, Italy, all over the show. We've got lots and lots of mission partners. 
Wouldn't it be great if we had more? He took the gospel to the world. Go and tell the world about this baby Jesus. And of course, telling the world usually starts by going next door. Or your family. Or the folks you work with. Or whatever it is. Nunctimitus, now depart. Ready to die. Because they've met Jesus. And you know, you and I could be the person through whom they meet Jesus in 2021. Who are you praying for? Who would you love to meet the Savior? Who would you love to be able to say, I've met Jesus. I know Jesus. And I can now die in peace. Like Simeon said, now depart. So we've seen salvation prepared and seen and offered to all. And then uh, the fourth thing is to say, there's salvation through humble faith. And that's looking uh, on beyond the, uh, the little song there and the Nunctimitus uh, to verses 33 and beginning of verse 34. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Now, what does that mean? I mean, just as Mary and Joseph were picking up their chins from the floor after uh, this nunc dimittis, uh, and uh, then Simeon says, this child is destined to call the fall, cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. What's that mean? There's some debate about it. Some say that Simeon is referring to Judgment Day, the falling of some, the rising of others before the judgment seat of Christ. I think it's more likely, though, to be to, that the falling is referring to an attitude of our hearts, that before this Messiah, this Saviour, this Jesus, we actually need to have that attitude of our hearts, which is a humble falling before him, and then he raises us to a new life with him. I think that is the most likely understanding of that. That is the, what he's destined for. That is one thing that he's going to do. He will cause people to fall down in humble submission to him and then rise to new life with him. People need to put their faith in this little baby who became the young man they crucified. We need to do that if we haven't done so already. A young man who died for our sins and was raised again from the day, who is alive today, who is sitting on the throne of heaven and is the ruler of all, fall before Jesus in humble faith and ask him to be your saviour. Then you can say, I've met Jesus and with Simeon now depart. I can die in peace. So salvation prepared, seen, offered to all, salvation through humble faith. And then the final thing is this. Salvation through pain. Can't have been easy for Mary, can it? Look at right at the end of verse 34. To be a sign that will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too, Mary. 
Jesus means saviour. Saviour of the world. And it is a salvation through pain. For Jesus it meant pain that we should be saved. For Mary it meant pain to have a son who was rejected, spoken against, arrested, tried, led out to be crucified, nailed to a cross and left to, to die in agony. Most painful thing, isn't it? I understand, to lose a child. How about to watch your son crucified? Just unbearable. And before that, three years of public ministry, when all the time the religious elite were plotting how they might remove him, this speaking against Jesus. And you see, the end of verse 34, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So these religious professional people who so often would privately and then increasingly publicly speak against Jesus, and you see, as they were doing that, they may look all sorts of you know, respectable and so on, but actually the thoughts of their hearts were being revealed. They were nailing their true colors to the mast as they spoke against Jesus. Yeah, they may have been you know, awfully nice and very polite churchgoers here on the 27th of December, for instance, coming along on Zoom because that's what we do week by week. But actually their hearts are being revealed in terms of their reactions to Jesus. And Mary... Mary may be the most privileged mum in all of human history, but she had a huge amount of pain to bear as well, didn't she? And so, of course, did Jesus, despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. That's Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3. But Jesus' pain means our salvation. His death means our life. His coming means our going to glory with him. Because we know we can die in peace. Because we've met our Saviour. His emptying means our filling. And today, with Simeon, we have seen our salvation and we can say with Simeon, now depart. Now depart. I've met my Savior. And now I know I can die in peace. For I will meet him when I leave this life and I will live with him for all eternity in the glories of paradise. Put your trust in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus today so you too can say Nunc Dimittis I've met my Saviour and now to Paul.